tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink.
And it's something that we talked about on the 500th. Okay. I'll get. I'll tell you. Judas after. Priest. Yeah. Molly nope, Hatchet. No, nope, no, nope, but no, I, don't. Ozzy. No, don't even go there, bro. Okay. The point is, we got plenty of t-shirts at Tim Fall Hat, and I might make this shirt for live shows only. Okay. <laughs> You know what you should do? You should have them like on the side and only people that ask for them be like, hey, do you have one of those one shirts I'm looking for? No, but here's the thing. <laughs> I might make it so if you go, hey, give me the good stuff. You don't know what it is. And I hand this to you and you can't. That's it. Can't even open it until you get home. You can't. No, no, no. You, yeah, you can't open it until you get home. <laughs> it's really funny, dude. I'll tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, and it's you gotta ask for it. You got it's gotta be like the good stuff, dude. You gotta get you, that. You can only pay for it in Bitcoin. That's a oh, that be yeah. oh. you can only pay for it in Shiba Inu. Oh, dude, maybe I'll do that. You have to pay for it in Bitcoin just to get it going. And it'll sound like an expensive ass dude, fucking shirt because be you're so like, fun. I need a hundred thousand. You're gonna be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, you, and then you'll have to go back and listen to the 500 okay. to understand what the shirt is. Interesting. I think I'm gonna do that. Um, so that's that. Bang, 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 guys. You know where to go for the premium content. Rockfin's on fire. Rockfin has celebrated five. It has gone five x since Baseline started on there. So we since you became moved. the comedy director, it went on 5X? No, it's starting to grow, and I'm starting to get some people on there, dude. You guys are going to be happy you're on there early, because this thing's about to go supernova. I had one woman who won't come on the show because my show's on Rockfin, and she won't do anything that involves blockchain. That's so weird. What? That's like Red Band, who won't do Zoom, you know? He won't do any Zoom shows, he says. I mean, like, everybody's like, got their line I like I won't do Sunday shows in comedy. Okay. Oh yeah, I also got Chick Fil A won't do sandwiches on Sunday. Yeah, so I get that. Yeah. Uh, also <laughs> on the uh, November eighteenth, I'm in San Diego, and then my final show of the year is I believe December tenth in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm not doing any shows after that. Uh, you know what I'm focusing on? Guns. I'm going to shoot guns all the time. That's the move. That's my goal. After you have them, you have to do know it. how to shoot them. Shoot fucking guns. Shoot fucking guns. You That's and all Alec Baldwin be Me, right my cousin, I, Eddie Bravo wants to go shoot guns. We'll just go shoot guns. Like Johnny shoot said, guns. you should I take guns. Alec Baldwin with you. I got lots of guns. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That story's just totally gone from the news. You know what else is gone? Totally gone. Robert Sarver, the owner of The Sun. You remember they were just going to blast him? Now, that story, everyone moves on. You just, yeah. listen, if you're in a scandal, wait 10 days. You'll be fine. You also don't know what kind of transactions are going on behind the scenes. You know, like, hey, you want to move on from this? We can help you. We can lubricate that transaction. Yeah. Could you say that creepier? That, it is. Cre I'm doing That's the creepy. I'm doing the creepy powers that do lubricate in there. It can't yeah. get creepier than that lubricate. That is creepy. All right, guys. So that's it. Go. Oh yeah. I got a lot of free shows. A lot of people are like, oh, I'll pay for it. No, dude. There's so many free content for you that you can consume in your ears. We have Tinfoil Hat. That's for free. Two episodes a week. I have Zero, my spiritual podcast. I've been putting out two episodes a week on that. Go check that out. Just put Zero with Sam. It comes up. Uh, Broken Simulation. We just put out a three-hour extravaganza. Double episode. I heard Double about episode. something about these heavy legs. Super heavy Super legs. Heavy legs. <laughs> a lot of people are going, <laughs> yeah. thank you for bringing it up. Super I become a face of a fucking major problem. <laughs> a real condition. Huh? It's 
the real condition. I have gotten a lot of feedback. Also, I get a lot of people asking me what that Latinx banger is that we uh, played. Although I, I'm, I'm really disappointed. We're going to have to cut it out of the YouTube. I found out. Uh, yeah, you're going to, but oh. I think it's called Pepe's. P-E-P-E-S. Yeah, Pepe's. And if you want to see it, you can see that uncut at Do you know Rod the song? Finn. You got to sing it all the time. No. You have to see this video. I love it's it. It's something with that. I F. love Latin hip hop. I got that. I got Union of the Unwanted. I got Punch Drunk. Go check out all these shows. They're wonderful shows. Uh, and dude, seriously. And if you love the shows, please leave us a five star review. It helps with the shows. Tim Fall Hat, Zero, Broken Sim. Oh, Conspiracy Social Club. Yep. Go listen to old episodes for free. And, and uh, if you like it, go subscribe to Rockfin. Yep. $10. For all, I'm putting out six episodes a week. Well, you got sa- look right here. Ask me anything and look at Sam's face. Look, look at that, Johnny. Put that up. Yeah, ask me anything. Look at that. that. Look at that. You get them right there. Yeah, bam. Yeah, we don't smoke the same. That's okay. also a fucking podcast. We'll get that on Apple. All right, guys. So not, that's our story right there. That's it, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for uh, all your support. And uh, this is a great show. We have the great Charlie Robinson on, and he has his new book. Democ crazy and it's a great interview. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I uh, hope to see you in Salt Lake and I deep homeboy. Open your mind. All right, let's get into it. It's always a pleasure to have this guest on. Uh, I am blessed and honored to do a podcast with him called The Union of the Unwanted, which I personally believe is the best conversation you'll hear on the internet it's like it's not just one or two but it's a bunch of people who come on who are experts in it and uh it gets really it looks like it should be a clusterfuck and it becomes a wonderful symphony and it's great he's got a great podcast called macro microaggressions or macroaggressions and then we he also has a book that's called hypoc crazy please welcome to the show my brother from another mother Mr. Charlie Robinson. How are you, Charlie? I am great, and I am not going to lie. I'm a bit surprised that you got the name right of the book. (laughs) I am not going to sugarcoat that. I was expecting a bloodbath. Yeah, well, dude, I appreciate you, and a part of me wants to believe that you took me into account when coming up with the name to not make it too crazy. You're the inspiration for the cover. (laughs) I'll take it, dude. I'll take it. Charlie, how are you, brother? How are you? I'm great, man. It's good to see you again. And I agree with uh, with your assessment of the union of the unwanted. You know, it is, it's like one of those things, had we sat around and, and planned that out, we would have never been able to make it what it was. It had to be kind of an, an accidental type of thing. Like most of the kids in this world, um, it had to be something that just kind of happened. And, and I'm grateful for, for you and Mike and Ricky, um, that have uh, given me the opportunity to have another show. I know having multiple podcasts is, is now it's having one podcast these days, but whatever, (laughs) I'll take it. You're the king of that, of course. I I learned that from you. Well, I'm a crazy person, honestly, Charlie. We we know that. Why do you think everyone's listening? If I didn't have it, I would, a 90 podcast, I would literally just be talking to myself. So I might as well just put a camera and a microphone in front of me and, and, you know, share the gold. 
Because I have great conversations with myself. Well, I mean, you have a live radio. It's as close as it could get. Yeah, I do have a radio station <laughs> on my podcast. But, you know, so, Charlie, you're, you're, you were one of the uh, – you you kind of changed Tim Fallhat, and I'll tell you why. Because you were one of the first non-comedians I kind of had on the show. I remember you, you reached out about doing the show, and I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to kind of mix it up. And mm -hmm. that kind of became now the norm – compared to what it used to be, which was comics talking conspiracies. And uh, so thank you for that. And it's, it's been a wonderful blessing. You know, I have I, I cannot complain about my life. Things I can complain about, I will not on the show. But overall, it's been a wonderful journey. And you've been doing some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, we're going to get into your podcast, and then we'll get into your book. But I, how many podcasts do you have? I know you have the Union, on the, uh, the Union of the Unwanted. Do you, how many more do you have? Three. Well, there's one more called Day Zero that I do with uh, Chris Matthews from Forbidden Knowledge News, uh, Corey Hughes, who you obviously know, and uh, X-Cube 420. We just do a weekly show where we just uh, get into some of the uh, headlines that are out there, and it's a little bit more raw. You know, you know how that is. You have some some shows where you can kind of go off the rails and that's definitely day zero. We, we go off the rails there. And then we, and then, you know, with macro aggressions, I, uh, I keep it logic based and, and factual and, uh, and things like that. But, uh, I certainly do have a lot of fun with it. And I, and, and of course our union of the unwanted shows, the great thing about them is, is the fact that it is, there's just no scripting at all. Like, they, like it's like a it's like a chemistry experiment because like it's, there's only you know we we know who's going in, we know what ingredients are going in the pot, but nobody else does, and we just you know people log into their Zoom at uh, you know on that at that time on Mondays and they go, holy shit, Roger Stone is in here. You remember that when Roger Stone came in? Roger Stone came in and he was having technical problems before we started recording. And so he's like, Oh shit, I got to get off. And, and my tech guys here, I'll get on his computer and, and, and join you guys. And we're like, all right, great. So we get the union show started and then Roger Stone jumps back in, but he's under his, his tech guy's computer. He's using his tech guy's computer. So it says like, Alejandro Pena. And then Roger Stone's face. And everyone's like, what the fuck is going on with Roger Stone trying to pretend like he's Alejandro Pena? Some, uh, I don't know, a left-hander out of the Braves bullpen or yeah, something. Yeah, you know Johnny well. And, yeah, dude, I was going to say Brave. It sounds like Roger Stone is culturally appropriating people. He most definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> but it's fun. So now... You're you you're on to your third book. I don't know how how you have time to do all this, but you're on your third book. Your books are always great. Tell us about your new book. So the new book is called Hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy, but spelled with spelled differently with crazy in the back of it. Surviving in a world of cultural double standards, and part of this book came out of my disgust with the woke mob with what they've been doing to society, how they've been allowed to just act, um, you know, in, in an insane way. And we collectively as human beings that are sharing this planet with them, we are prevented from rightly calling them out for the narcissistic lunatics that they clearly are. I wanted to write this book um, in part because I needed to document their insanity. And so the, I put 480 footnotes in the book. So it's not just me 
railing against these people, the COVID cult, the government, the mainstream media, religious organizations, all that. I, I went after everybody. Anybody that's a hypocrite out there, uh, I went after them hard uh, because they needed it. But but it's not enough to just be angry or be funny or do all this. I had to document it. So that's the reason why I wanted to make sure that when people read the book, they don't they don't get they don't say, yeah, well, that sounds too crazy for it to, to happen. And that's why I had to put the footnote there so that you can you can check it out. So many of the things that I write about in the book sound insane they sound like i'm making it up like they sound like the things that you would say when when you were losing an argument and you just said yeah well barack obama dropped so many bombs on the middle east that he ran out and you're like everyone's like shut up with that it's like no actually that technically happened i can show you the documentation of where it happened so a lot of this stuff that like if you're just in a conversation with somebody the things that i'm writing about in this book they sound like the types of things that your friends would want to call bullshit on and say that that's made up. You're making that up. And it's like, no, no, I know it sounds that way, but here's the footnote. Here's the article. Here's the study on it. You can go and check it out yourself. So I wanted to make sure that I gave people that, that came to this information, all the ammunition that they would need if they wanted to get into a debate or discussion about this with their friends, that they could, in fact, go back and source this material uh, in a real way. I can't believe this book is in a warm piece thick. With all the stuff you could talk about, I'm sure you had to you had to pick the craziest of the craziest because there is so much to pull from, and it really is what is up is really down. And you know the mental gymnastics that is being done right now. And to be honest with you, it's very much on the left, but there are times that you could definitely say the right has, has done this as well, right? For sure, uh, Sam. Oh, uh, we're doing the ad. Oh, we're doing sorry, the ad right Johnny. Now. I was just, I mean, I, I'm reading my newspaper today. Let me tell you something, dude. Manscape is on fire. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Manscape. They have the Manscape Performance Package 4.0, dude. I remember when Manscaped was a negative integer. Now they're 4.0. <laughs> They've grown so much, and the packages just keep getting better. Listen. I know a lot of you guys love to shave your nuts. I love shaving my nuts. You love shaving your nuts. Johnny, I, I you should shave your nuts, okay? Because your fake girlfriend that no one's ever met oh, would I probably do. appreciate you doing some heavy trimming on that rough down there, okay? And you love that old bush down there, the mental illness bush. Why Not, do you know that? Because I know that about you, bro. You do? Yeah. I re Dude, I collect data, bro. Okay. I know everything. A and weird. guess what? Those days are done thanks to Manscaped 4.0. That's right. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Guys, trust me. You're going to love this package. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower, the electric trimmer that has the advanced safe skin technology to reduce cuts on your nuts okay that's it that's not all there's also more johnny they have the crop preserver okay and the crop reviver dude the anti-shaving ball deodorant your lady your even though she's not real will appreciate that okay moisturizer and toner it's time to keep your north pole feeling and smelling fresh very important hygiene bundles will also come with a pair of manscaped anti-chafing boxers which i'm wearing right now 
Okay. No, Johnny, you don't believe me, Johnny? I didn't no, believe I him. No, I do. I, we believe you. 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 Oh, oh shit, man. Okay, escape. The camera's there. Oh, Show the camera, not oh, me. Hey, but it, escape, but, but you got them on, but it don't look like you're using it. Yeah, I am using it, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was rude, bro. That was uh, rude, okay? Manscaped is, hypocrite. listen, Manscaped is going beyond the groin with their new ultra-premium ball wall. It is infused with... Aloe vera and sea salts keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized, okay? And they like also have, bump. and I use it all the time, Johnny. I use, they have their their new two-in-one, two-one shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydration, nourishing, conditioning the scalp, and strengthening your hair at the same time, okay? Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. All right, get yourself, your dad, your brother, your boyfriend from your fake girlfriend. Hey, fake girlfriend, get Johnny some Manscaped stuff. All the best gifts in the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TINFOILHAT, okay, at manscaped.com. Every guy out there needs to add Manscaped to their wish list this season, okay? Get 20% free and free shipping with the promo code TINFOLHAT at manscaped.com. Clean your nuts up. Santa would be proud of this. So supposedly there's a bunch of Q people this week that were waiting for JFK Jr. to show up. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God, look at these stupid people. Rex Chapman, who I loved him as a basketball player, but now he's full idiot like he's a full idiot like he's making fun of people with no mask he's a then, he's at, then he's at a, a son's game taking pictures with no mask on right it's like mental gymnastics here that that we got going on so so everyone's laughing at these cute people because they're waiting for jfk jr to come out he doesn't come out which i think was pretty obvious wasn't gonna happen yeah, no shit. and this, yes. it, it, it looks like there's a lot of people but in the 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 amount of people who actually were in the queue this is a very small people that are there Okay, how is this any different than the Russian collusion molar fucking bomb that's going to drop, that's going to destroy the whole presidency and do all that, that literally never comes? And Robert Mueller is now in retirement eating eating puree food at whatever old home for lizard people they have them in, right? So it's like the same thing. It's like it's like unbelievable the hypocrisy that that is going on from the left. And it's and we just and they never get called out. And what makes it even worse is when you do call them out like Chai was talking about, they now are like, "Oh my god, you're attacking me." A right. great example of this is this video from Berkeley. This white guy has uh, dreadlocks on, right? And this instant disqualifier. First of all, I just want to say that. Well, no, but oh listen God. to the story. In Berkeley, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen okay. to the story, though. All right. This this black female student has him by the hand. Oh, and is this an appropriation thing? Okay, here we go. And she's going, "You're appropriating our culture." <laughs> wow. And he's like, "What?" She goes, "He goes, it's like a haircut. I don't remember the specifics of it, right?" That's hilarious. But she's grabbing him and holding him and accosting him, right? He goes to pull his hand away. She goes, don't hit me. Don't hit me. Don't touch me. And you're like, you've totally violated. And that's well, kind of where we're at well, right I now. I mean, how long till a girl can't dye her hair blonde? Because she's not a blonde. 
Oh, that'll that never, never happen. happen. Yeah, that'll yeah, never that's happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just seems like eventually, like, you're... No, no, no. Not white. White people don't get to do this. This is not, yeah. this is not something that white people get to do. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Just to put it out there. It's unbelievable. And now, yeah, another great example is how, you know, the Houston Astros are all going after the chop. The chop is yeah. racist. Okay. I'm like, if you think the chop is in the same... And listen, dude, I'm cool. against political correctness, but I'm telling you, like, I understood why they should get rid of the Redskins. We're literally talking yeah. about skin color here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not even a joke, right? It's like literally, or even Chief Wahoo. It's like like the Brooklyn Blackies. Sam speaking, not Charlie. The Brook the Brooklyn Blackies are are taking on the 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 fucking the the uh, Charlotte Hornets, like. Where would that ever fly? Or even the Indians logo, that face, you know, that was just like, you know what I'm talking about, that dumb no, well, Chief Wahoo, that dumb-looking Indian face. That was all, I can see why they got rid of that. And the see, name, I don't think the not. Braves are a problem. I don't either. No. Obviously. I mean, uh, how great no was it? Did you see Trump out there doing the chop? How uh, awesome was that? Yeah. Dude, that, that made me so happy. I mean, Trump's in it. It's like... Pissed off so many people. It's like if you, like, wasn't there a point in, like, the Jason versus, Jason Voorhees versus... Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Who was that guy? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Wasn't there a point where, like, one of them somewhat you were rooting for to beat the other one? Yeah, I can't remember I which, I think it was though. Jason Voorhees. I think uh, they yeah, wanted maybe. Jason Voorhees to maybe. take out Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I could yeah, be yeah. wrong. Like, that's how I see Trump. It's like, oh, yeah, I right? Guess. It's like he Godzilla. He literally is Godzilla. He's like Godzilla. Yeah. He's really Godzilla. It's, it, Godzilla just smashes the crowd. And then at some point, you're like, fuck, we, we kind of need Godzilla. Godzilla, go kill those guys. Yeah, we you're know. disappointed when, when Godzilla goes back into the ocean. It's a bit of a letdown. You're like, oh, you're not. You, you kind of feel like the show's over. So just, don't, <laughs> just don't go to Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, just yeah. don't go there, and you're fine. Yeah, he'll leave you alone. Yeah, fuck. But Godzilla is great because it's like, it's like, okay, Trump is a full blown Zionist. We all know it. We, he's he, we, the right totally looked the other way when he fucking made a, a, a basically executive order that you couldn't criticize Israel on campuses. You couldn't join the, uh, you know, the divest movement. And that's a violation of free speech, in my humble opinion. But nobody said anything from the right on that. Right, Charlie? What were some of the greater examples that you were talking about in your book? I feel like I'm just talking the whole time. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I did, I did keep it consistent. Like, I bashed the left a ton because they deserve it and they're weird. But I didn't, I didn't give the, the right a pass. And you know how, I, how, how you can tell that is that I went on Mel Kay's show. And you know Mel is, has got that right-leaning crowd. And, and, and Mel read the book, and she was saying really nice things about it. And all of her people wound up going out and buying it. And then, then they read the, it. And then they read it. And then the email came. The, the, you motherfucker, you probably voted for Biden, you piece of shit. I fucking hope you enjoy what you got, you Biden voting. Oh, you got to the Trump part, did you, retard? Yeah, I pushed him too. Yeah, I took him out back and did a number on him and all of his weirdo Q followers as well. So I didn't leave anybody. I mean, this isn't a right versus left thing. This is if you're 
And I'm not saying that people aren't allowed to get things wrong. I'm saying that you're a hypocrite when you know you're doing it wrong and you're telling other people to do it a different way. Or you're saying you put your, your Rex Chapman in it, right? You're saying you put your fucking mask on and you do blah, 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 and then take a picture of yourself without your mask on. Personally, I think nobody should be wearing masks. But if you're in the camp who is going to lecture people, for not wearing their masks. You better sleep with your mask on, buddy, because we're going to be watching you and things like that. So, so I had, um, you know, I, I had a great, a great, uh, a deal of fun going after the, the 56 different genders that are on, on Facebook and, and, and the woke military and all that stuff. And, and it's fun and it's funny, but there is a, there is actually a darkness that runs through all of this. If you let it play out long enough, you will see that this isn't just about like pronoun people and all of their silliness. There is cultural subversion happening. That that is what what Saul Alinsky talked about. Yes. It's rules for radicals. It's all of these things. Now, if you just say that to somebody, you know, they, they tune it out. But what I did in the book was I went through and I said, here's, you know, like as an example for Solinsky's plan is rules for radicals. There's eight levels of control that must be obtained before they're able to create a social state. So I list what those eight are in the method in which the order in which you go. And when people see that, they go, holy shit, we're like halfway there. Yep. It's like, yeah, we are. And also I make, I have the 10, the, the, the top 10 list, um, of 10 easy ways to start a genocide. And, and when people go through that list, they're, oh, you know, it's, it's all, it's all fun and games until you get to number seven and you realize that's where we are on the list there as well. So it's, it's, it's funny in a sense, the woke stuff. And, and we have fun with that. Obviously you've, you know, obviously you guys have, have, have kicked these people in their yeah i mean in, dude. Their, in the dick or wherever um for a while and and that's and that's fun to do and, and we should do that because they're they're silly and they should be made to look silly but but once you kind of get past the fun part of it what you realize is that these people are actually insane and the things that they want you know the the rules you know the the rules for radical plan that eight-part plan it starts with health care control healthcare and you control the people. It moves from that to poverty where you increase the poverty levels as high as you can. Uh, and because poor people are easier to control and will not fight back. These are the things that he's, he's writing about, of course. Um, then, then the third step is increase the debt debt, you know, increase the debt to unsustainable levels. He talks about this way. You're able to increase taxes and this will create more poverty. I mean, are we there? Yes, of yes. course. Fourth on the list, gun control. We've been seeing that for a long, long time. They're sort of incrementally uh, moving towards that because if you look, if you remove the ability of people to defend themselves from the government, you create a police state. You create a situation that we're in now. The next thing on that list is welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, income. After that, it's education. What are we dealing with right now? Critical race theory and, and yep. you know, multiple genders in the bathrooms. The, the next step after that is to go after religion. Now, I'm not a particularly religious person, but even I can acknowledge that they have been removed, trying to remove God the idea of God from governments and schools. Now to me, 
since I'm not super religious, that's not my hill to die on necessarily, but I I recognize it and I can acknowledge that that is actually happening. And the last thing on this list is class warfare. Divide divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. Uh, It'll create more discontent and it will be uh, easier to tax the wealthy because you will have the support of the poor. So when you lay it out like this in kind of a step-by-step process, I think it makes it easier for people to, uh, to really see not just what has happened in the past, when you put it in words, there's something magical about that where they can go, oh yeah, this looks exactly like what we've been living through. But then you give them the additional step of showing them where it's going because some of these steps haven't really been, we haven't really addressed them yet, but we're definitely getting there. So I think that people can, uh, should be a little bit more concerned about these woke people than just the, uh, the third toilet. You know what I mean? I completely agree with everything you're saying. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried. And I drink it every day. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our body the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedule, poor sleep, exercise, you name it. It, they're just like, it's it's a, a problem on top of a problem, man. But you know what? That's where Athletic Green comes in, okay? Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential, okay? is by far the easiest, most delicious habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower your all yourself to take over your health, okay? One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including multivitamins, multi-mineral, probiotic, green superfood blends, and more. That all work together to fill in the gaps in your diet, increase your energy, focus, aid, and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, okay? So guys, I mean, I've been taking uh, Athletic Greens forever, but man, they just sent me this new box. This is what you're getting, man. When you order order Athletic Greens, nice little cool box, and then bam, look at this. Athletic Greens slash, you know, a fun towel, if you know what I'm talking about. Socks, again, fun towel. But look at this, dude. Look at that, dude. Look at that. Even a bottle to to drink it out of. That's amazing. Yeah, a bottle drink up. Here's where you keep your your uh your athletic greens in. You scoop it out, and man, comes in this gorgeous box, and it's great, dude. I I have it. Packaging, by the way, quality packaging. Nothing gets me harder. But dude, I I I mean, dude, it is really good shit. I do it every. I swear to God, I do it every day. I I will confess, I've heard Sam say that off the air uh, on a number of occasions that he he is. Like, dude, I put, I, I use, when I use a proc, I tell you about, and I really love it. So this is what's going on. Athletic Greens is doubling down on, on supporting your immune system during these, entering the fall months, man. They're offering audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D. Yeah. And five. I've chewing those things, baby. Gotta get really, it. you've been chewing some D, bro. Oh, That's yeah. great, brother. Yeah, I love that you chew D, dude. I love it. And five free travel packets with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You're basically never have to worry about vitamin D again. So, whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with athletic greens makes investing your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. So, this is all you got to do simply visit athleticgreens.com slash 
tinfoil and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world to make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil for a free supply of a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packets. Enjoy it. You know, wh- whether it's a Unabomber, Malcolm X, I say this all the time, they warned us rich white liberals are the fucking problem, okay? They're the fucking problem. I found it really funny that on the, the uh, what was that Steve Renazizi show called? The League? On the league that the person got shit for 9-11 was fucking Steve Renazizi and not Nick Kroll. <laughs> Right? And that fits in to fucking this this fucking cultural Marxism. Rich white liberals, right? And if you take a look at like even Chappelle versus John Gruden, why why is John Gruden done? And everyone's rallying behind Dave Chappelle because it is straight up cultural Marxism, which is vilify the ethnic minor majority, raise up Rise up, you know, uh, elevate the ethnic minority. This is all done. It's all being done in real fucking time. It's all real time. And these kids who want socialism, okay, they're all rich kids. And they don't mind taxing the the rich because they have accountants that are going to get them out of it. No matter what. So when they say tax the rich, they're really saying tax the fucking middle class. And they don't realize what they're doing because they're behind closed doors and they feel guilty. Behind closed uh, gated communities and they feel really guilty because they know they've been born into a world of privilege. And and that's why words and violence are so bad because those are literally the only things that can affect them. Meanie words and a physical fight are the only thing that can fuck with rich kids. They have enough money to clean up all of it, okay? And you know what the internet did? Do you know what the internet did? It took our eyes off of local politics. And yeah. now they're freaking out because everybody's looking at these what these school boards mm-hmm. are signing off on. And I would love to know how many of these school board people actually have kids in the school, because if you did, you wouldn't be agreeing that a, a, a book about a, one boy blowing another boy should be in an ele- elementary school library. I don't know, dude. Some of these people are just sick in the head. I, I think some of them are probably parents, and they're just their minds are twisted by this I ideology. Guess maybe you're right. Maybe I, I you're really right. think that. I mean, this is cultural I mean, Marxism. I mean, look what they do with their kids with these hormones and stuff. Uh, they, they're doing that, and those are their kids. You tell me they went. I mean, but do you, put that. Do, I remember when I was in school, a lot of these kids were a lot, a lot older. Like their kids were way older than I was. So it's one of the things where you're like, I agree with you. Their kids are not in school at the fucking moment. You know why they did that? Is like they used teachers to uh, being paid too much. They got rid of the older teachers that were asking for too much money, and they brought in these new teachers who have been completely indoctrinated. Uh, my parents were both teachers. I still couldn't tell you. It, it, it would take me a moment to really tell you if my parents were Republican or Democrat. I'm pretty sure they were Democrat because they were in teachers, they were in unions. But man, they never talked about any politics, even in the home. Everybody I grew up with, same way. My, my parents, my grandparents, yeah, totally. 
Now what? it's just like you have them having BLM signs on their fucking walls. But it's I, ki but it's kind of easy now on both sides. You see an American flag, oh, he's a Trumper. You see a black BLM, he's a Democrat. It's so like you can go to my house and you'll see my sister. You go to my sister's house and there's a BLM uh, magazine. And instantly I'm Your like... Your sister has BLM magazine? Uh, she, she's like times. She does, she, it's not for that. It's just for... It's what she listens BLM to. Magazine. So it's what she's reading. Okay. And it's just like, I know what you're playing for. Like, yeah. I know your they narrative. Want that, it's, yeah, it's not... It makes us easier to categorize yeah. and therefore easier to deal with. Because those ideologies twist people's minds and make them very similar. You know, it's, it, it adds some homogeneity to the, to the mix, which yeah. makes everybody easier to... Homogeneity? Yeah, you know, homogeneous. What you like, think it is, Sam? Yeah, it sounds like. I like how they both weird. knew what it was. Me and you didn't. I'm, yeah, I agree I'm with like, you. I, I, I thought, thought it was what you thought it was. He, English is the second. Well, they're they're doing something else, which is which is a little bit more devious, but it flies under the radar, and that is they're removing words from the language. And one of the things that the House of Representatives just did recently, because, you know, this has got to be a priority, right? We're not in the middle of <laughs> COVID and rampant hyperinflation or anything like Border that. crisis. Border crisis, all those things. Yeah, fuck that. Put all that stuff on the back burner. What we have to focus on is the removal of the terms that are not allowed to be spoken inside the House of Representatives. You know what those are? Mother father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, anything that you can use to describe a family. And there's about 50 of them on this list. I put them in the book. They are banned from the House of Representatives. You're not allowed to say any of them. So what they're doing, in a, in, you want to talk about cultural Marxism uh, in, in a very devious way, is they're destroying the family by removing the words that you use to describe a family. So you want to talk about some devious shit. 100%. What was the Eventually, pretense that was... the family goes away That's if amazing. you don't have the words used to describe what that relationship is with those people over there that you live with or you are related to. So, so it is... It's a lot like in 1984 when, when uh, you know, Newspeak was the only language that was getting smaller in terms of number of words as opposed to getting bigger. They're trying to memory hold these words because um, the first way to get rid of the family is to, is to get rid of the way in which you would describe a family. And, of course, this is not just going to be limited to the House of Representatives in the United States, but it's going to be part of of critical race theory as well as part of this entire subversion uh, that's happening in the school systems, because listen, they want you picked off from your family. That's the reason why. And I know Sam, you've, you've talked about this before about the insisting on getting women into the workforce. It wasn't like, Oh, we're going to do what's right for the women. It was breaking up the family, keeping the kids in this, in yeah. the, um, yeah. you know, did not have both parents now. there. There's a, there's a lot to that. So if you, if you, part of this is that you have to think like one of these psychopathic um, people that's trying to manipulate society. And so what they do, if they can't destroy family outright, they're just destroy the terms in which you use to describe the family. And if you give that a long enough timeline, then the idea and the concept behind the family will eventually go away as well. What's the pretense that was done under? I'm really curious. To, like, How did they uh, even manage Well, that? it's basically a grandma tells you that's a female. That's what? a mom. 
if you call her grandma, her grandma well, no, lets no, no, you what, know it's yeah, a female, so they want to. behind it, but what yeah. was the thing the that kicked it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how did they how did they manage that with you know without just saying that like you know what, what's the pretense? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Really? I mean, I don't know. There's I, no good, there's no good reason for so, it. That's so amazing. You know what just happened? I, the FCC or whoever's in charge of campaign finance. Just literally, hold on, let me show you. I sent a text to Jimmy Dore. Anytime I want to get to the other side, I send a <laughs> text to uh, Jimmy Dore. That's so Dorr funny. So he can do Shout a out story to Jimmy Dore. Yeah, he's fucking doing great. He's like, dude, him, Russell Brand, they're all coming to our side. Oh, dude, listen, Jimmy Dore committed the unspeakable act of acquiring housing. Holy fucking shit. Did you see how, how it broke the, the libtards' brains? He went out and bought himself a house, and they just came completely unglued about that. My how favorite thing. Jimmy Dore uh, buy, buy a house and not work out of his garage any longer. How dare he, right? I mean, it's this is the sort of insanity that, that if you do this long enough, you eventually lose all of your followers and all the people that think that you're, you're talking about serious stuff. Because when you accuse a stand-up comedian of selling out because he was able to buy a house, like you, you've, you've, Definitely missed the plot. Or how about the fact that uh, everyone's like, he bought a $2 million house. $2 million, like that, that's literally tiny bit above average in L.A. It really yeah. is. That's why the, the tax thing never works because, I mean, in California, hundred you know if you're taxing people over 200 grand or whatever the thing is. That's everybody. Yeah, I mean, in Cal you have to make that to survive. And, and if you want to live in, like, West Hollywood. Listen, man, so yeah. this is new. This came out right here. This is so scary. The FEC has ruled foreign donors can finance U.S. referendum campaigns, opening the door to foreign spending on fights over high-profile policies. That's unbelievable. That's Citizens United, but for the world, right? Where you could unlimited campaign finance by corporations. It's over. By the way, once Citizens United came in and said corporations can spend whatever they want. It's pack it up. Why ever vote on anything ever again? Because when when you allow corporations to vote with their dollars and you say corporations are people too, right? Mitt Romney <laughs> gets a boner every time he thinks about stuff like that. Then you are you are you have to admit that this is going to end badly. When you're gonna so like Monsanto has more of a right than you have when you live here and it's your country and you're a human being, not a corporation, but Monsanto has infinitely more power than you have because they have more money than you have. So so stuff like that is never going to end well in for the people. But of course, we've all figured this out long ago. It's yeah, not about the people. Theorists. They don't give a shit about us. We're not we're not the ones that they're changing policies for. They're not trying to make us happy. They're trying to make their donors and corporations and the people that finance their campaigns happy because once they get them into office, then they just rekey the lock so that my key and your key does not work anymore, but Monsanto's does. Yeah. Uh, well, my whole thing is like we've just woken up now to this world where we realize the governors and the mayors are the real power, in my humble opinion. And we're seeing it happen more and more. Now, would I like to have it 
happen more? Of course, I would like to have it happen more. Um, but we are seeing in real time people waking up to what's going on. And, I mean, we just had the elections. I know that elections are rigged and all this stuff. People are sitting there saying that, you know, Virginia got taken by the Republicans. New Jersey got taken by the Republicans. And these are signs of shifts. I don't know, man. I mean, I remember Republicans pulling some scumbag shit after 9-11, okay? I remember the Republicans and, you know, know, with Reagan and and the Bushes with the drug wars. I remember a lot of shit. So, again, we're just running back from monster the monster the monster every time. When we do it, if we're not keep it, I mean, here's the thing. If you really want to stop this thing, you have to pay attention all the time or you have to completely pull out of it and just do what like Owen Benjamin's doing, which is living in the, on uh, his own land and owning all this stuff and living that way. Those are the options, in my humble opinion. You can't possibly just go through the motions anymore. Pick a side. And either one is fully invested in fighting back or the other one is pulling out completely, pulling your energy, your dollars, your lucian, everything out of it. That's my opinion. But it's it, this could be a good thing for us. We need, we need people to sort of get to their breaking point. Because in the United States especially, we've been the, in the pot. You know, with the the temperatures getting turned up just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and we're still swimming in this jacuzzi of of uh, you know thinking, oh, this the the water's just getting a little bit warmer. It actually, what we need right now is to is to snap out of this, to have the big event that wakes everybody up, because this is unsustainable. The, the direction that we're headed right now is that we're just going to keep allowing these, you know, we're going to keep outsourcing our critical thinking to like politicians in the media like why the fuck would we ever do that that's crazy these people don't want the same thing we want so i'm actually kind of looking forward to the point at which um humanity in general but america in particular sort of gets their backs up against the wall and says all right i'm done with this all right i'm tired of this maybe it's the vaccine mandate or passport or whatever maybe that'll do it maybe it's maybe it's tranny story time you know with five-year-olds and and you know maybe whatever it is your line in the sand is that you that you you felt like you haven't quite reached it yet you're going to get to that point and it's probably going to happen within the next 12 months. So people need to kind of decide like, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay here and just kind of take this? Or are you going to stand up for yourself? However that look, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest how people should choose to stand up for themselves, but, but we've got to do something because that what we're currently doing right now in America, it's not working. It's not working. You can't, you can't, you can't vote. You, you can't let Lori Lightfoot or Gavin Newsom or Eric Garcetti or or any of these maniacs come in and make decisions in your life for you. They don't want what you want. They're operating. Um, They're sold. They sold for, out for They're different masters. Sold. Yeah. And yeah. so so the question becomes. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, and I'm glad you brought this up, man. I, I often think if everything went back to normal, and by normal, I would say before 2016. We've been five years into this, right? It all started yeah. when Hillary started stealing blatantly in front of everybody, 
the primary from now completely his credibility's dog shit, but at the time, Bernie Sanders. Right? Does anybody still think Bernie Sanders didn't completely kowtow after he got his ass beat? Yeah. I think he the, got tired of the fight, probably. Yeah, and he's like, I'm 90 years old, just uh, whatever, I'm going to buy more houses. Okay? That's when you started the podcast, huh? That's what started this yeah, podcast. When that shit flipped was you Hillary the fuck up, huh? You flipped you. you was were, so woke obvious. You up. Yeah. Like people like Lee Camp, Jimmy Dore, as watching their their thing, and they were just like, "Dude, this, these numbers make no sense." Later on, John Paul Rice coming in and breaking it down. So, but that begins this kind of peeling back of the internet showing you what is really going on, and then that's when all of a sudden they've been trying to do the censorship. But I think it's blood on the in the water. You know, but there's part of me that thinks if we go back to 2015, right, when everybody thought everything was great, what would happen to people's view of the elites? Would they just forgive and forget and move on? Yeah, probably. I mean, this is... I think we I think we need to recognize that tinfoil hat started as soon as Hillary Clinton announced that she carries hot sauce in her purse is that, <laughs> that is I, it I fair would, to say that that, that's was, an the, interesting that was the point where you're like fuck it i'm doing a show we're getting to the bottom of this this no if 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 it went back to normal then a certain segment of the population would go back to sleep they would try to i can't go back to sleep i'm up I'm not. A, I'm never going back to sleep to this, and I'm never going to be okay with the way things are. And I think that that's actually okay. We're allowed to be upset about this. In fact, in fact, we may get to a point where the best thing that can happen to us collectively for our evolution, for our, us to break out of this, is for these people to push us to our breaking point where we see what we're made of. Because right now, man, they are they are devising society into two tiers. Those that are willing to get along with the plan and those that are not. And the plan is is constantly changing. And I don't need to know all the ins and outs of the plan. I just need to know who's in charge of it. And I'm automatically out. I'm not participating in that. I'm not taking vaccines or mandates or or doing the passport thing. I'm not I'm not participating in, in that. And. I'm not alone, which is the good news. And so I think a lot of us are going to, though we might wish uh, for all of this to go away, though we might secretly wish to go back to 2015 and, you know, before all the hyperpolarization, what we need is to go through this and come out on the other side because America has been quite soft. Uh, and, and I mean, especially compared to other countries out there. You know, we get we we get very upset about the slightest, you know, little inconvenience. Right. So the fact that we've had to go through this, like anything in life, is going to toughen you up a little bit. And I think that we're going to need this for our emotional development. There's a lot of people out there that are that are ill equipped to, to, to participate in where we're going in the new society. There's a bunch of people that are just going to do whatever their television tells them to do. You know, I don't have much respect for those people. They're, they are letting us down at a time when we really need kind of all hands on deck. Like if you're not awake to what's happening in this world right now, man, you may never be. I, I completely and utterly agree. But we are there are people that still buy into it. Those people are called yep. New Yorkers <laughs> and Los uh, uh, Angelinos. I'm sorry, dude. 
Like, the, so much has been exposed. And one thing that's been exposed is that New York City is not the gritty town that we think it used to be. Right? Like, it, I mean, Philly was. Like, you remember when Antifa's like, we're going to burn down your house? And, like, all these crazy Philly people are like, get the fuck off my block. I'll beat the fuck out of you. Right? You didn't see that anywhere in New York. New York folded like a chair. L.A. folding like a chair. Tomorrow... It's the, yep, it's the vaccine mandate. Vaccine mandate. I will no longer be allowed to go to Krav Maga. I am now doing personal lessons. I've been doing it for most of this thing. I will not participate in this. It is a big reason why I don't go to the comic store. I will not participate in this march to social credit score. I'm going I'm going to the gym tomorrow. If they ask me for that, I'm like, can I resign? Because yeah. Eddie Bravo gave me his okay to go to his where they don't need nothing. I'm not going to give okay, that one out. maybe you shouldn't say that. No, that's you why, all... no, he just said, there's this one I go to. There's no, I'm not saying where. Oh, you mean the gym? Yeah, but I'm going to okay. quit. I'm going to quit my gym if they ask me for the vaccine passport. Even though the other one's further, I'm like, I'd rather take the L and you guys lose my business because I'm not supporting that shit. Somebody put out a tweet about how these businesses are now going to be denying services to the people who march for them to be able to be open during these COVID scams. It's not my tweet. It was somebody else's tweet. And if I remember, I wish I knew who it was. It was a guy who who, who I think he's a, uh, a new, a boxer and he put it out like, I think you'll be surprised how many businesses don't do this. I think you're going to see a push at first and then they're going to learn real quick that people aren't going to protect. Now, LA is very vaccinated, so I don't know how much how pushback there is. From but I'm, they say if a restaurant loses fifteen percent of its business, it cannot. Oh, their margins are yeah, razor thin, yeah, quite thin. Right. So we <laughs> saw, you know, I have friends of mine who are in the conspiracy world. I got, you know, some people commenting that they were super happy that the mayor, the guy who won the New York City mayor race, won because he's Bitcoin, and you know that's cool. I get that, but do you really think a a, a, a Democrat is going to change anything in that city? Do you think anything's going to change in there? I mean, the other guy, as crazy as he is with the beret, is like, dude, elect me. Day one, mandates are over. People voted, and what people are like, oh, it's all fake. It's like Johnny was talking about in California, and I, I Tino Sanchez go, dude, they totally rigged this thing. I'm like, maybe, but it's like. These are strongholds for this this democ- for this broken democracy we live in where people vote emotionally. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, think about how many people have moved away that would have voted the other way. Yeah. A fuck ton, dude, are out of the state that would have voted the other way. A bunch. Okay. And if I was to think get the it. vaccine, I'd want everyone to get it. If I was that idiot that got it, I'd be like, well, why aren't you getting it? I had to get it. Oh, oh what yeah. were you going to say, Charlie? Well, I was going to say that this is not accidental, that this situation that they've they've put us into, they study these um, methodologies of how how you get people to behave, Tavistock Institute, all, all of that, that, you know, they've role played these the, the scenarios. There's there's a there's something called Biderman's chart of coercion. And when you look at that, like if you don't know anything about it, you it, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean much. But when you take a look at this chart and there's only a couple things on it, what you realize is that we are moving down this chart in a in a 
step-by-step process. So for a lot of these people, be it, you know, in, in LA or New York, and they, they sort of think, well, if we just, if we just uh, do what they say, things will go back to normal and I've got to have things go back to normal. Um, I've got news for them. It's never going back to normal. Listen to these six things really quick and tell me if, if it doesn't sound like we are going step-by-step through this. The first thing on the, on the list and the most important part is isolation. That's where it starts. Everything started with isolation. It divides, it uh, deprives victims of, of, uh, social support, their ability to resist, and makes them dependent. The second thing is the monopolization of perception. It, it it eliminates information that is not in compliance with their uh, set of demands. It punishes independence and any sort of resistance. It uh, um, it changes the way that you see the the situation. After you've done those two things, the the third step is humiliation and degradation. This is when they make resistance more costly than compliance, which is uh, where we you know we're definitely living through part of this. Uh, they they uh, deny you privacy and things like that. The next step is exhaustion. How many people do you know that have just thrown their hands up and said, just make it stop? I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just make this goddamn thing stop, right? So after you do that, the next step is threats. You get the threats. This creates anxiety. It creates despair. Uh, they outline the costs of noncompliance. They, they, they say, listen, if you don't do this, this is what we're going to do to you. Then after that, like any good psychopath, they give you an occasional indulgence. They say, well, positive motiv- um, uh, motivation for compliance. Oh, you've, you've, um, <laughs> you've gotten the vaccine passport? Well, now we'll let you go to a concert. We'll let you sit in this restaurant. Isn't this great? But then the last thing on the list is demonstrating omnipotence. This is how they suggest futility uh, of resistance. Resist all you want but it's over for you. We're going to show you how we have complete control over your life. And this step, this last one, this is where you get a lot of people going, I work at my job. They're going to make this shit mandatory eventually. I don't want to lose my job. If I take the jab today or six months from now, eventually I'm going to have to take it. So I'll just take it. And that's how they get you. They, 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 they have systematically and scientifically broken this down into a step-by-step flowchart. And if they implement, implement these policies in the correct order, they can march you through all these steps and get you to do exactly what they want you to do, even if it is working in your own, uh, against your own best interest, which I would suggest is what we're doing right which now. Which is pure MK Ultra. Totally. Oh, it's, it's, it is, it has the fingerprints of these people, the same people that were running ops for the CIA and for Tavistock are involved in this. The Club of Rome, who is pushing the climate narrative, was started by uh, David Rockefeller and Dr. Alexander King. Dr. Alexander King started the Tavistock Institute and NATO. This is who we're up against. These are the, 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 organizations that are sort of kind of governmental they're sort of off and they're advising governments these ngos and think tanks they say if you were to do this that would really make people freak out so maybe don't do that or maybe do that twice as hard or what happens if we do this so there's a lot of science behind this too the the art of coercion and the science of compliance and things like that 
that have um, and the power of propaganda. God knows we've watched Ed, Ed, Ed Griffin do those 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 talks in the seventies with Yuri Bezmenov, you know, when they're talking about, he's like, well, really you need three decades in order to break a society. I'm like, shit, when did they record this? Yeah. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, <laughs> here we're we there, are. Yuri, you know, so we're, we're in the middle of this and, and but the most in, interesting component, well, maybe not the most interesting component, but, but a really weird byproduct of this that I've discovered. And I know you guys have too, is that if you calmly, which I'm barely capable of doing, but if you calmly and rationally explain this to somebody, they will look at you like you are crazy. Yes. And that is, of course, a sign that the propaganda is working quite well. I I, I agree with everything. And, then, and let's get into how, you know, now we have the Federal Reserve bailing, uh, just bailing out to the tunes of trillions, no matter what Brian Callum wants to say, you have BlackRock, you have, uh, I forget that there's four companies now that basically own everything. And what they're doing, and that was a joke because I love Brian Callum, um, what they're doing now is they're, they're, what they're doing is turning politicians into game show hosts, right? So it's like you have people like Alex Trebek while he was alive, Pat Sajak. These are very well paid placeholders they they could be they could easily be replaced in a heartbeat they are they are played they are paid to basically do something that nobody in their life really wants to grow up and do but it's so fucking lucrative that they play this game and they are they are you don't think that's a dream gig Think about all the people tripping over their dicks to get this Alex Trebek seat. Yeah, but do you, I want I want to pull how many people that are twelve years old are like I just want to be the host of Jeopardy. You might be. There are a lot of nerds out there. You think uh, you <laughs> think that's what people dream of? There's some. There's some people. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I mean, not a few of the people. Famous. Aaron Rodgers wants that job, dude. Aaron yeah. Rodgers wanted it's to true. host. Right. And he's a NFL quarterback. Right. But he knows that he's going to... Okay. I'm just saying, it's not a bad Johnny, job. Johnny, I take it back. Fine, it's the greatest gig ever. Drew Carey <laughs> took it. I mean, he did but, but listen to me. My, my point is... Okay, let me change You that. work two days a week. I mean. Okay. Johnny, point Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, is I've never heard show. that. I've never heard Move that before, along. that that was a bad okay. job. So, but no, my point is like, what is the purpose of this job? Like, well, it doesn't serve anything in society other than doing the bidding of the people who are paying for everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if you got rid of game show hosts, what would happen to society? Right? I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can articulate they, this thought I'm trying to say. They like a recognizable face. A, a face that they've come to be comfort comfortable with it's like a newsman Trebek, pat sajak prime examples those guys Cronkite. have been there forever right, right? 40 right. years 30 right. years whatever um and in politics it's kind of the same thing you get a guy and you go oh i recognize that guy All you right. don't know that he's the biggest scumbag in the world all it is is name recognition look at the the statistics are people that are voting they're you know, they go through like who'd you vote for i voted for you know right Jim Smith, why? I don't fuck. I don't know. I saw more signs of Jim Smith. I just reckon, <laughs> do you like his policies? Like, what are his policies? Why? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's you my just point. voted for him because you recognize the name. There is something to to that where they need you to kind of have this. Um, 
well, red team, blue team, prime example, man. I mean, some of the most, uh, uh, like, I think I've even heard you talk about it, Sam. Like when, when they want to get really shitty, bad for Democrat type shit passed, how do they get that done? They have a Democratic president pass it because you, because their base will vote for it anyway, because it's their guy and they like their guy. They're not even looking at the policies. They vote, oh, Bill Clinton wants to do this. Yeah, I like Bill, Bill Clinton, so I'll vote for it. You just voted for the private prison industry, you fucking dummy. Yeah. You just incarcerated your entire community, you stupid moron. You did that because you <laughs> recognize Bill Clinton. Well, I think Bubba's cool. He jags into McDonald's, yeah. just like me. Yeah. We've got to do a better job of of getting the public, like if you're going to vote, first of all, I'm not interested in the voting situation. Fuck the voting. I don't, I don't participate. I am, I'm done. But, but for those people Even that are locally, going to vote, maybe on, this, on the local levels, maybe on the local levels, it's a different story, but, but, but you've got to really kind of know what you're talking about in order to, to make, in order to vote in these things. Otherwise you wind up with establishment. You wind up with Chessa Bowden, Yes. In San Francisco, you wind up with that fucking maniac who is uh, was put there by George Soros, of course, and whose parents were actual terrorists that were convicted and sent to prison for bombing places. That guy is in charge Whoa. of the as the district attorney in San Francisco. And then we what act surprised when CVS and Walgreens pack up and move out of there because the place is getting looted because they won't they won't even call the police. The police won't show up anymore. It's like, so we collectively as like, I am really good at criticizing politicians. I it, like, I have a PhD in that, but we have to sort of take some responsibility too. the, the general public has to kind of, uh, um, it's our duty to recognize these people don't, they don't support us. They don't want what we want. Stop voting for these assholes. They don't, they're, they're not, they're not on the same team. It's as you. emotional you, stuff, Charlie. It's stop just being, like, exactly. Stop being emotional Stop. But that's, that's part of it. If you can get people emotional about policies here, you know, one way or the other, you can get them, uh, you can get them to, to feel your way. Cause the, the emotional voter is a totally different voter than the, than the, than the policy voter, the guy that that's like, Oh, well, I've researched this and this right. position, that guy's position. Right. I like it. It works for me. But if you get somebody emotionally like, Oh my God, that person once said some, that person once wore blackface yeah. at, at Halloween. And you're right. like, he was going as Dennis Rodman. What the fuck did you want? Him right. to do? You know what I mean? Like you get people really emotional and then you, you say, well, extrapolate that emotion, how you feel right now. And that's how you're going to feel every single day of this person's administration. And they go, I don't want to feel that way. So using fear as a tactic is, is brilliant for these psychopaths and then con and then corralling them into voting for specific t uh, candidates that are already compromised. So vo vote, vote harder next time, right? Vote, yeah. vote harder next time. I, oh, I can't believe that Joe Biden is the president. Well, you should have voted harder for Donald Trump then I guess. Dumb. I saw the dumbest graffiti art. It was one of these guys like big boy in the morning, right? That, that's a hip-hop morning I think show I might have here. seen this. Okay. And it was like him doing this, and it said, voting is rebellion. Oh, no, I didn't and see it, <laughs> Someone had, had graffitied over it, voting is lazy rebellion, and doesn't <laughs> no, work, right? And it's just like, 
We have got like I mean, Charlie. I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming we're somewhat around the same. You and I age. are like within weeks apart. Okay. So, uh, and we're I, I don't know about you, but I'm an old school liberal. But I'm the same. I've heard you describe it. I'm the same. I'm the same way, which is like. Leave me out of this. Live, live long, and let do what live. you want to do. As long as you're not hurting somebody, take care of sick people. Don't leave them behind. That's not a nice thing to do. The Republicans are kind of dicks. Like they only care about money and, and everything. Like that's how I always thought. Right. Then I got older and I realized, well, the, 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 the nice liberal Democrats, they're not so nice. And, and the mean uh, Republicans that are just worried about money, they're not quite as mean as I thought they were. They're just defending their money from stupid people trying to take it from them. So I've had a, I've had a sort of a, I'm, I'm still more libertarian. I, fuck, I, get I think it. libertarian is old school liberal, to be honest with I you. I think so too. I wrote a book with Jeff Berwick, who is a whole host, the largest anarchist con- convention in the world. <laughs> so I'm probably more in that, in that camp, but I'm like you in the sense, Sam, that back when, when we were growing up, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I just did. I always thought I just was nice. I thought that being on the the liberal side meant you were a little bit nicer, a little bit more compassionate. And so I wanted to be in that side, but that's changed, man. That's not the, that's not the left anymore. That's why, you know, that's why I had so much, like you said, early on, the hardest part of writing the book was trying to figure out how much stuff to keep out of it because I could have gone on endlessly about some of the woke stuff and some of the, the religious stuff too. I mean, I at some point you're just, you're like, I am beating a dead horse with this one. So um, it's changed. I mean, yeah, we've changed, Sam, we've gotten older, we've evolved and everything, but the way the politics has changed too is as well, where, where it's almost pointless to talk about how we were back when we were in college, because that doesn't even matter anymore because that that segment is uh, they've moved the the goalposts so far that uh, it's it's unrecognizable to me anymore. And I don't even know what the goal line is for the left. What is the goal line? What is it? And what we have is a you know if you pulled the average. Uh, liberal, not liberal. I hate because I, I I consider myself a liberal. Uh, progressive. If you poll the the average progressive, most of them don't have kids. Most of them, so they have zero investment in the future. They can make policies about how to raise kids because they couldn't give two fucks about how those kids actually turn out because they'll be out of society. By the time we see the ramifications of these, of these fucking policies, and so they just vote emotionally. There is no, there's everything is R's and D's. And how do I know that? Because I used to be like that, and that's what it is. I mean, you literally have California, Chicago, Michigan, and I don't trust Michigan's voting. I don't trust any of it, by the way. But California and New York just being ran into the ground and they just keep voting the same thing because they they just think 10 times worse than where they're going right now is the thought of the guy with an r getting there taking over they can't 
digest it. They they made politics fucking sports. But even if you're in sports, you get rid of the fucking people calling the shots if it's not working. So it's even worse than sports. So what I always wanted was, or I thought what would be a good thing to have, though I don't realistically think you can ever get there, is equal opportunity. But what the hardcore loony left wants is equal outcomes. Yes, and that is a totally different thing. Now, I don't even expect that there's going to be equal opportunity because not everybody is wired the same. Not everybody's as smart as the other person. Not everybody has a rich dad who's got a contact at that company. That person's going to do well. There's never going to be equal opportunity, but I, at least the concept of it, I get it. Let's make sure that everybody has the opportunity to, if they choose to, work hard or get lucky or put themselves in a position to succeed and then have that happen. Where the loony left loses a lot of people is that they say, well, everybody should should end up at the finish line at the same time. And if they're not ending up at the finish line at the same time, we have to change the way the race is run. It's like, no, no. Some people are better at running the race than other people. And you're going to punish, you're not elevating the other people. You're punishing the people at the top. And that's what you do when you want to create a society that is broken. But, but why would we be surprised that they're pushing for a broken society when they're the most broken people out there? Always talking, I mean, prioritizing pronouns and things like this at the expense of like real uh, issues that actually matter. Like you're going to get into an argument with me because I've misgendered you. Yeah. Like this is the priority here, really? So so part of this is, is like, a, you know, the left isn't doing them, the hardcore left. I'm not talking about, like you said, like the, the, the liberal, there's, there's decent people and on, on all sides of the spectrum, right? But but the, the ones that are at the far edges, those are the ones that tend to, to take this to the to a crazy degree. And insisting that, uh, you know, you can't, that, 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 that white people need to be fired so that black people can be hired in their place. And then saying that anybody that calls that racist is, is a racist for thinking. I mean, it, it breaks your brain. Here's the and problem, it puts you in this, Charlie. You can't, you can't, you can't rationalize insanity. We are now seeing the results of equal outcome. And guess what? The outcome isn't equal. And we're seeing no. it in real time. So my whole thing is like, why don't we say with sports? Why aren't we like, why isn't there an Indian on that NBA team? Why isn't there an Asian on that NBA team? Why isn't it that? Why aren't we doing that? Well, because it, it doesn't make any sense. And they've even seen it. They've gone to campuses where they had great sports teams. And they're like, do you believe in diversity? Do you think about, okay, what about in sports? They're like, no, come on, man. That's crazy talk. How's it any different? Because people who want something... And they're not getting it. And in their head, the only reason they're not getting it is because of their gender, their race, their their sexuality. When in reality, they're either not good enough or they're not working hard enough. Does this go back to like when I was in in middle school, high school, there was this thing called... You no caused all of this, yes. I did, I did. No, but there was a thing called No Child Left Behind. Does it have to go with that? Because no child was left behind. Like we all got put back. Like if the dumb kid was 
dumb. We all had to dumb down to his level because we all couldn't succeed because he was the dumb one. Does this go back to like us yes. being on the no kid left behind? I remember them telling us, can't let no one behind. And we wouldn't put them in different classes because back before there used to be this the yeah. special, the yeah. special, the, the smart kids, the normal kids yeah. and the dumb kids yeah. are like, can't do that because yeah. now we know who the dumb kids are yeah. and they stopped that. Everybody was yeah. all together. That, back to that. Yeah. I yeah, it, it started with a with a Carl. There's a Carlin bit about this, how he said we started with head start. Yeah, you're right. And then we wound up with no child left behind. Seems like there's been a problem in between. Right. Um, but it, it also goes to this. I put this in the book talking about school district in Baltimore, how they were graduating kids like this one kid had like a. uh he had a point three. He had a point three GPA, not a one point three. He had a point three GPA, and he finished in the top half of his class. Wow! So, like, <laughs> this is not helping. It's not helping the dumb kid. It's not helping the smart kid. We're not all the same. We can't be put into classrooms where you know no child left behind. It's like. You're going to have some people that excel in school and other and some that don't. And same with the, the athletic field and whatever. It, it, if you're going to punish the smart kids because you can't leave the dumb kids behind, and I get it, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it or anything, but you are going to what you are going to have is just a group of either of dumb kids and one ex, one kid that could excel but has now had that, that motivation stripped out of them or has been taught that uh, what's the point of me even trying? They're just going to, you know, mm-hmm. they're just going to crab bucket me, you know, pull me back into the bucket because I'm not allowed to, to excel at anything. Um, so th- this is, this is done. Well, I mean, you, then you take that and add common core into it and, 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 and you get, you get a, you get a whole, a whole different uh, problem, which is that, schooling the school system in general the no child left behind all of that stuff is not there to educate kids to make them the best version of themselves it's there to classify kids into different levels of society the rockefellers and the carnegies invented compulsory schooling not because they're nice people but they did it so they'd have a pipeline of kids straight into their factories. They put the desks in straight lines. They'd have a bell ring when classes is, is over, just like it does at the factory when the work day is over. And they, they get you asking for permission to go to the bathroom and go to the, you know, and, and line up, uh, li- you know, in line, we're going to go to the cafeteria. They get you trained to do all this stuff so that they can put you into their factories. And so if people don't understand that, like the history of that, then they're going to look at the schooling system and act surprised and be baffled as to why it's not working. The public education system in the United States is working exactly the way it was designed to work. It's broken. No, 100. Well, it's meant to put out stupid people, right? And yeah, and listen, dude, this this is what happens when one group of people own everything. OK, the same names keep coming up. They create these dummy corporations that are filters between them and everything. It sounded like five people. Have you seen that that doc that was done recently? Monopoly. 
I've been talking about this forever. It is the Fed is giving out all this fake money. These couple businesses are using this fake money to buy up everything. And these companies are like, I would love to call them the corporations, but they're above it. And like going back to, and I won't let go, Johnny calling me out, okay? <laughs> this is going to be a major moment in this fucking, sh this podcast forever. What, what are you talking about? About the uh, 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 he knows. dream job, he okay? Knows. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No. But, but it goes back to basically... Oh, the game show. <laughs> them them <laughs> buying, buying everybody, they're just buying everybody. Everybody. There's no more fucking independence in, at all these corporations. So now, like, if with the Aaron Rodgers thing, no matter what sports show you tune on, all they're talking about, unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers, unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers. Mm. They're not talking about Saquon Barkley completely vaccinated, test positive for COVID. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that. It's pounding on. You got Colin Coward, who's like, I don't want to get into politics, but now... Boom, the whole episode's just Aaron Rod Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? I turned it off. But guess what? The people who pay uh, uh, Colin Coward's paycheck, guess what? They don't care. Because they're literally running this into the fucking ground. Because, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. We're in the era of anti-business. World Series MVP Jorge Soler, unvaccinated. Ice, Ice Cube, how much did they announce he lost on his not, on oh, denouncing that? million dollars out. But it's like, it's anti-business. We are seeing businesses that I feel like in the past when business and the, and the customers views and politics aligned, the corporation would do whatever it could to get the customer. But yeah. we're in bizarro clown town now that the business doesn't care about the customer. Yeah. Now it cares about the owner and what the owner wants. It's America, man. Can you believe this is America? Like we've thrown out this idea of meritocracy, which used to be, the, it was like a founding principle of America. You know, this idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, rugged individualism. And, and, now we're turning on even the principles of like, uh, dude. How you know, many commercials capitalism. have trans people in them? And listen, I don't personally care about trans, but like, who are you catering your commercial to? Half who? of a percent of the population. And how does the, that play at the expense, well? At the expense of alienating the rest of the population. So, so it's it, it's funny that you mentioned this with the with the Federal Reserve in that, and of course their their new relationship with BlackRock, this, which is devious. Look, money means nothing anymore. They can print it all up out of thin air at the Fed. The Fed can give money to these industries that are suffering because of COVID. They can. They have. And they will continue to do that because they're moving away from the dollar. They're moving into a digital market do dollar de denominated currency system. This paradigm is over. They're just they're just printing up as much as they can uh, and to give to these big corporations that do the things that they want them to do, that get on board with the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Build Back Better, the World Economic Forum people. If you're playing ball with them, they will take care of you. If you are not playing ball with them, they want you destroyed. The reason why they want you destroyed is because in order to build it back better, you've got to, you, in order to build it back, that implies that it was there and it has gone away. 
So they're destroying everything. The reason why things are getting destroyed right now is because they need to be destroyed for the build back better agenda. So business, that's why we're going to continue to see this insanity where we're going to scratch your heads and go, why, why would you ever do this? Why would you run your business like this? You're a, you're a, you're a airline and you're going to do these things. These things are going to destroy you. And the airlines are going, yeah, but what you don't realize is that we're on board with this program and they promised us they're going to take care of us. So they'll take care of us because we've got to change society to make it this fourth industrial revolution, the transhumanist agenda. And they'll take, they'll get our backs on the backside because we've shown that we're, we're willing to participate and play ball in this. And so when the new fed coin comes out, we're going to get, you know, they're going to create that out of thin air, just like they do at the federal reserve with the, Federal Reserve notes, and they'll just put that into our account. We'll be taken care of. That's our reward for playing ball. Meanwhile, small and medium-sized businesses, they will be destroyed in the wake of this. And it'll be like, well, we couldn't do anything about it. It was just bad luck, you know, because of COVID. Wink, wink. All right. I totally agree, dude. That COVID has been just a, a front, a smokescreen for the for this build back better for this social credit score and yeah. i still have hope man and i will uh, to the day i fucking die the day you know this show ended i'm either one either too old and we talked about everything or i think we have no hope left those are the two ways this show ends we talked about everything a thousand times and I'm ready to just go and just decay on my land. Or I was personally hoping for sexual asphyxiation in a rubber bondage suit. Uh, <laughs> but it's not my thing. But maybe that's how I'll go out. If I'm in like, a hotel room, maybe I, I shit mean, my you and David Carradine. I'm just saying. Can I it record would it, be please? Fucking banger of an way. episode. Do so, it. We'll do a live stream. We'll sell tickets. Yes. Uh, hey, are we doing merch for that, Johnny? Uh, okay, okay. Leave guys. the money to your kids. <laughs> let's 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 slow down on the fucking uh, killing uh, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Let's slow down. On it. it hasn't been best Sam's best episode as a uh, brand. I've been taking the kind of hits today, which is fine. But I, I, can, I completely agree with all that. The uh, trans agenda. I've been talking a lot about this, you know, and I just think this is another way that they're going to just thin this herd. They're going to push everybody into the metaverse. There's, there's one more part of this with this build back better component group here. We've been getting COVID for the last two years, pretty much nonstop, but that's only one part of it. And I think we can see where it's transitioning right now because they're trying to tie the two together and they don't make any sense, but get ready for the same people at Davos that have uh, rolled out this COVID situation to roll out the, the green new deal, mm -hmm. the, the green uh, eco carbon uh, scam that they run. And, and, and we talked about this before on, on here on tinfoil hat, we did one called the, Paris Climate Accord uh, episode where, where we got into that. And, and for those that, uh, I'll keep it short, but for those that don't know that the, that the carbon, uh, you know, we're all going to die, our CO2 emissions are through the roof. And all of that is a gigantic scam. That's a huge tax scam. They write about it in their books. I'm not making it up. They wrote about it in a book that the Club of Rome put out called The Limits to Growth, which they put out in 1972. And it talks about how they're going to use the idea of global warming as the pretext to, cl cr to 
collect, create first, and then collect a carbon tax Mm -hmm. that will be used as the funding mechanism for their one world government. They write it in the book. I I mean, you could speculate. They might be doing this. You don't even need to speculate. They write it in the book. So it's like where we're headed with this, we're starting to see a lot of it. You, you, for those that are, that are observant or, or from this moment on, if, you're, if this is in your head, just watch how they try to tie COVID to carbon. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of, a, of, a, of an effort on their part because there's no connection at all. But they're going to try anyway and make this about, uh, you know, your consumption in the, in the COVID era and the things, the changes in your uh, life that you've had to make because of COVID, this is going to fit nicely with the changes that you're going to need to make in the carbon uh, era that we're moving into. In fact, we even had MasterCard talking about it recently about a new credit card (laughs) that's going to be tied to the the products that you buy are going to have an ESG score Suck for corporations. My dick. It, Suck it, it, my it, dick. Where Suck they, my dick. Where the purchases that you make, if the purchases are not carbon friendly, you won't be able to make them on your credit card. You'll be swiping that thing through the guy at the, at the at Target swiping business? the thing, trying to scan it because it won't scan. Well, it's because it's got too much of a carbon output and your social credit score is too fucking low for you to be buying that right now. You're not allowed to do that. So that stuff is coming under the guise of carbon tax. Uh, got to save the planet, but just think about the way you've thought of COVID and just continue that line of thinking in terms of being suspicious when dealing with the carbon situation as well. Cause you're going to see a lot of overlap. Listen, dude. I mean, you said, again, I talk shit about Trump and I'll continue to do it. He's a Zionist as a motherfucker, but you know, he got us out of that Paris climate accord. Yes. Okay. That was a good thing. And, and who was, who was running that club of Rome? Like Charlie said, and it yeah. like doctor, uh, Dr. Uh, who, Shiva, he was the one who broke it down to me. They, they, it was never about curbing CO2 levels, which, by the way, everybody, by the way, we need CO2 to make oxygen, right? You got Elon yeah. Musk, phony ass, going, I will pay a, $100 million to anybody who comes up with a way to pull CO2 out of the air. It's called trees. It's called trees. <laughs> That's what trees do. Trees do that, okay? That ocean does that as well. Yeah, we have a plant that does that, you lying sack of shit. I mean, you're just so full. All these billionaires are so full of shit, man, okay? You're so, so you got this club of Rome. Where's, what's Rome? The Vatican, black nobility, okay? Guess who's a part of Club of Rome? Al Gore, surprise, surprise. So what it's about, it's about credits. And Al Gore's best friend was Ken Lay, the CEO of Enron. And what was Enron busted doing? Cap and trade, carbon offset scams, and and energy manipulation. Who taught Al Gore the carbon tax hustle? Ken Lay. And that's where we're going. And, And so that's why when people are going, I think it's really weird that Al Gore is lecturing us about all this when he's got a, a Gulf Stream and four houses and a ten a ten thousand square foot house in Tennessee. Oh, really? You 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 think he's a hypocrite? Congratulations, you're alive. Of course he's a hypocrite. Now just extrapolate that to all of them. 
because they're all lying about this shit. We just saw the the COP26 uh, in in Glasgow. What happened? 400 of them show up flying in on their private jets to talk to you about carbon in a day and time when we could have a Zoom meeting for that and save the atmosphere. Yeah, right. You're going to fly in all these people and then lecture us about carbon, which, by the way, if we're going to get honest about that, one of these semi-major volcanic eruptions that we've experienced hundreds of thousands of times in our existence is enough to put more carbon in the atmosphere than all of the industrialized world has put combined. So, like, let's just stop. It's another invisible enemy that's going to get us just like terrorists, just like COVID, and just like carbon, right? Yeah. It's invisible enemy. It's out there. It's going to kill you unless you give more money in taxes to our people. I mean, like if you can't figure out the scam, but like any other good scam, whether it be terrorists or COVID or carbon or whatever, they prey on the fact that you're a good person and that you want to help other people Mm -hmm. because you're a good person. And that if it means buying less steak because that's the right thing to do, you'll find a way to buy less steak because you're a good person. 100%. It's not about that. It's about them manipulating you into getting you to change your behavior. And these people that are putting these policies forward, they're not changing their behavior. <laughs> you know, you'll own nothing and be happy. Oh, they're talking about you. Yeah. They're not talking about them. They'll own everything. Have you you'll watched that video? It is insane oh, what they're predicting. Yeah. And they do it with a glee on their face. It's unbelievable. And again, you know, I, I've been saying this a lot, but I, I said. Like, dude, this, I I believe that all this stuff with masks, COVID, vaccines, they're just trying to do data. Okay, how many people are doing this? How many people do we have in our pocket? And they're going to take all those people and just march them right into the metaverse. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Yeah. That's what this whole Facebook da, da, thing. Da, 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 da. Remember that remember that scene in the big short where those two guys that are real estate uh like salespeople they t- basically explain what they're doing like giving houses to strippers and stuff and then uh who uh fuck Michael Scott from uh Steve Carell's character goes why why I don't get it why are they confessing and and and, and and that's what this whole thing is like sigil magic yeah yeah well but with like Zuckerberg and the whole metaverse thing like why why is I don't. Why is he? T- you know. Why is he telling us this? He's bragging, is what he is. Yeah. He doesn't realize that. I, I think he's. See, to me, Zuckerberg is the ultimate tool of of dark forces. You know, he's just been putting. I don't. I really don't think he's a sort of an agent. He has agency in this. I really think he's just a tool. No, I think the he's, ultimate tool. I think it. he's uh, controlled opposition. I think the story of Facebook is bullshit. Just like the story of Amazon is bullshit. Just like the story of Google is he's bullshit. He's put there though. DARPA I, stuff. And they're they're picked because he probably showed signs of one being manipulative, of being able to manipulate two signs of being somewhat of a psychopath. Okay, want to that's a big part of it. Fucking like scorch the earth because he can't get any pussy, right? <laughs> that's it. That's and, a big and, part of it. And he's in his he's in Ivy League school, which means he's somewhat part of the 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 group, the the, the, the inner le- circle. I I had this conversation with David Ike. 
about this, that there's two origin stories that they put forth. It's either the freshman nerd in his Harvard dorm room starts this transformational technology company uh, with his roommates who he later fucks over. And, and uh, as he moves out to the West Coast, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. or you get the we just got lucky and started this tech company in our garage in Silicon Valley, Hewlett Packard, Google, 23 and me, whatever. All these Apple. Oh man, we just worked harder than everybody else. Just we just got lucky over here at Google. It had nothing to do with our grant from Stanford Research Institute. We just got lucky over here, uh, you know, w- w- with with this money that just happened to flow in from InQtel, the venture capital arm of the CIA, or from Sequoia Capital. I don't know how this happened. Uh, it's really weird that we have all these spooks sitting on our boards of directors. But, I mean, I guess that happens when you take money from InQtel and when you take money from Dar- uh, DARPA-connected companies and things like that. You wind up with tech companies with these heads, these figureheads, uh, and there's always one, right? He's like a, just a off-the-charts nerd who can't help himself creating these these tech companies like crazy, but they never tell you who's the money behind all that, and they never tell you who is managing that process or who's on the boards or, or, or that or the boards of directors are interlocking are. with other boards, that, 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 they're, that there's, there's more to this. So, so yeah, Facebook and all that stuff, not accidental. Not a, not just some fluky thing that happened. I'm not trying to say that that couldn't happen. I'm just saying that when you're the most successful data collection company in the world, it's not accidental. I think they're scrambling though, Facebook, because they're losing people, young people, and they're trying to figure out now. That's what this shift is to Meta and all this shit. They're trying to figure out now how are we keep going to continue to Hoover this data when we're bleeding young people left and right. 100%, but it's also part of the plan. I mean, now... Oh, it is the plan, yeah. Now Microsoft's scrambling. They're like, oh, we're getting the, we're gonna get it, too. We're, we're going to do uh, Metaverse, too. That's, blah, blah, blah. The, that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, that's but the plan. But it's like Bill Gates and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. Dude, if it wasn't for the internet, you would never know that their grandfathers or actually their fathers and their grandfathers were like superpower elites either you know one started one found uh founded an oil company that founded DARPA and the other one was running the Federal Reserve of Washington so it's like these are not just hard workers who work are harder than you they're not they're fucking rich kids who are actors. Are they smart? Of course they're smart. They come from fucking super stock. Okay? But are they fucking... Are they intelligent? Yes. Are they smart? No. Okay? They're not. Where's, Bill Gates where's, is not smart. He's intelligent. Where, where's the loony left to, to criticize these people for their lack of equality? Right? Shouldn't they have started off at the, at the, at the same place as everybody else? They didn't. None of these guys did. These guys, I mean, like you mentioned, like Jeff Bezos' grandfather was like super connected, ran the the atomic energy program. Holy shit. Like that's not, that's not accidental. And funny that that never gets mentioned, right? They don't mention that. They don't mention that Bill Gates' dad used to run Planned Parenthood. They don't, they just happen to forget all that stuff. They, 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 you know, or Elon Musk's family weirdness going on. Uh, they they pin it all on these front men, 
and then to to go out there and they say we'll make you extremely rich and in exchange for that you're going to take whatever comes with this job the good and the bad and there's going to be plenty of bad and facebook and and these organizations now that are sort of like facebook's kind of clicking up into this metaverse thing and creating this massive parent company much in the way that uh, alphabet was created but I would suggest that you might want to keep an eye on these. I think that they were uh, consolidated so that they can be broken up later at, at, at a future date, like with Standard Oil getting broken up into 17 different companies. I and think they're just those companies going on to become more powerful than the sum of their parts. So, so Meta, Metaverse, whatever the parent company or Alphabet for Google, we're going to get to a point someday in the future where there's going to be a lot of people saying, we've got to break these companies up. And these companies are going to go, oh no, please, whatever you do, don't break us up and, and make it so that we're government regulated. When you look at the revolving door between Facebook and the Obama White House, what you recognize is that government regulation is a positive for Facebook because they're gonna regulate their competition out of existence. They're not gonna regulate Facebook. You don't regulate Facebook when you came from the White House and you went to work at Facebook. You're gonna make it so that only, the only team that can succeed is the Facebook team. So, so the govern the blurring of the lines between governments and these so-called private companies uh, has always been there. We've watched it in the pharmaceutical industry. We've watched it in Wall Street. But with the big tech firms, I think that the average person now is starting to kind of connect the dots and go, "Well, hang on a second. This seems like maybe a." Uh, like the potential for an unhealthy relationship to have Facebook this cozy with the White House, and of course. It is dangerous to have that relationship. Well, you know, that it's not just that. I mean, like, this is going to sound crazy, but look at Pornhub, right? I mean, Pornhub went, it was the fastest website to ever get to 50 million users. No other website ever moved that quickly. And when I see that, I go, oh, what? where's the, where's the invisible hand in this? Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, besides Sex, Johnny so jerking like, off. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I was over here arguing with you. I was like, there's, a, that's a, there's a good reasons why it's going, it's getting big. Yeah, but dude, there were other companies that were that. Like, you take a look at what what Pornhub did. Pornhub annihilated this 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 industry of pornography. A paywall. Which were no, 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 annihilated. Porn. People were paying for porn. You saw all these kind of independent people uh, making money. And they're like, okay, how can we can control this? Tube sites. Pornhub started giving away everybody's content for free. And the industry crashed up until recently, which OnlyFans and all these subscribing sites started taking off, right? I mean, I was one of the last people who paid for porn. I was like, I'm paying for porn. I respect these ladies' work. But... If you take a look at like what did what did Pornhub do? Two things. It, one, it fucking brought you deeper and deeper into more weird sexual yeah. shit. Okay, I got I got a sex addiction. I told y'all about that, man. I'm dealing with no. it, and it brings you into the weirder no, shit. You're so right, because back then you used to pay for big booty, and you wouldn't pay for five bucks bukkake. Like, I'm not into bukkakes. Why yeah. would I pay for it? But when it's free, and you yeah, can just like, click oh, it. Okay, okay, okay. Not, whoa, that chick's <laughs> got a fat dick, right, Johnny? You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so we get into... Mm-hmm. so, And then, uh, not only are you... Not only is the su- suggestion boxes showing you weirder stuff, you're going deeper down. Now they're collecting your data. 
on what you're looking into. And now, remember, we're, oh, God, there's so many of these underage people in these pornos. Do you think that's not done on purpose? So that they could, oh, who's into this weird shit? What is he into? Or mom and dad sibling shit? Or the like that shit well, blew that, my mind. I was like, whoa. bring you into weirder and weirder shit. But the collection of data of like, oh, this guy's looking at weird shit. Oh, he wants to run for senator. Interesting. That's yeah, that's it right there. You don't think they, they have all that shit. But what happens? It goes long enough. Now it's time. Okay, let's kill this. Let's kill this off. Right? Uh, and what happens? Everyone's demanding regulation of, of a Pornhub. So what does Pornhub do? It gets rid of all the independent contractors. And now the only people who could be on, on Pornhub are approved content creators and partners. What are you looking at look what YouTube's doing now? Get rid of all these independent contracts. I have people are like, I'm not even doing like conspiracy shit. I literally was on a call with somebody the other day. It's like, they're censoring me. I don't even do weird shit like you, Sam. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm on the phone, right? <laughs> but it's like, they're starting to weed these people out. So now this mainstream avenue, this mainstream of business is now going to be CNN, MSNBC, you know, just lowbrow stupid shit. And they're going to get rid of everything that made YouTube great because it got too powerful. Now they want to fucking just leave it to what Charlie was saying uh, earlier. Yeah, people who are playing along with their plan. How long do they do that to podcasts? There's a lot of independent podcasters. Do you think they'll eventually they'll be like, wait up, wait up. There's way too many of you motherfuckers. We got to look at Apple now. Johnny, can you bring up Apple real quick? Look at the top 100 podcast and then and then we'll wrap it up here the top 100 podcast i do wonder why they haven't gotten to us yet like on audio you know i feel like we've kind of got a little safe haven here where they don't fuck with us and it's got to be coming well apple right now is like oh dude we're just an aggregate is that what it is they're They're, an aggregator yeah but they got but they also got alex jones though they're the only ones that i think they would call it so so but now take a look at all the quote unquote Top podcast now. Look what, at what that. What category? Just general. Go under comedy. Okay, comedy. Can you bring it up here? Yeah, I will. Just a second. It won't be in the feed, but he would have to bring it up for it to be in the feed. Oh, can you can you yeah. look at? Okay, so you basically look at. It's all corporate shows now. It's all corporate shows in this world of authenticity. They're trying to tell you that people want fucking uh, corporate shows. Let's say that the Daily Show. When was the last time the Daily Show was? Was at all relevant? Was what during the who? John Sir, early Obama campaign, right? So the early years of Obama. Go th- look at this, okay? Morbid's great, smart, smartless, which is a funny guy. Listen, Will Arnett, I've talked to him before, is literally the fastest guy I've ever met, dude. But go down. Nobody was watching Conan. Now all of a sudden, Conan's there. Keep going down. Keep going down. Right, the Breakfast Club is suddenly huge. Right? NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Keep going to the Late Late Show with Stephen Colbert. What the fuck are you talking about? Parks and Recreation. Keep going down. And you just keep getting into these fucking shows. You're like, who the fuck? The comedy set, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. (laughs) Nobody listens to that show. You're fucking lying, dude. And you just keep going down. H3. You start seeing more and more corporate fucking shows on this list. And you're like, what the fuck are we talking about? Tim Dillon Show. We're talking about authoritative sources. 
That's the new buzzword that they use. It doesn't mean good show. It doesn't mean favorite show. It means authoritative sources. So they have, that's what YouTube is using as the justification to remake your homepage and, and put Fox news. Hey! In the <laughs> that's what he was waiting they, for. Yeah. <laughs> they say, well, this is, this is from authoritative sources and you go, Oh, so it's, it's sources that you recognize. Now you could recognize them for being garbage, which of course those, those, that would be fair, but but uh, but that's the term that they use for for this is is authoritative sources, meaning sources that we know we can manipulate. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't believe it hasn't happened before more. I mean, like you look at people who can't get ratings on everything like Chelsea Handler was trying to convince us that she was a top 10 podcast when her show was taking off off of Netflix because it was the worst ratings well, out there. I mean, iHeartRadio had their iHeart Podcast Awards, and they they didn't call us, they didn't call Rogan, they didn't call none of the big boys, and they had their own award, their number one. And it's one thing; it's only on your network. Why are you calling it the number one podcast? Yeah, right? it's the number one in your network. I mean, look at Rogan's not even on there because he's so on uh, on Spotify now. But we all know what the biggest podcast. And the numbers lie. Remember the last guy that came on here that used to work for iHeart, and he used to say his numbers were unbelievable. Yeah, he was like fifty million people are listening. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, are we stupid? Yes, we had you on too many times. Charlie, uh, you crush even in the name of me yelling and screaming at you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, tell us one more time about not not just your new book, but all the books you have, your podcasts, and where they can find you. Macroaggressions is the podcast. That is the big one that's happening, my individual one. Then, uh, And you can find that wherever podcasts are served. Also in video format, you can get that at David Icke's platform, Iconic. You can go to Rockfin, where all the cool kids are, and Odyssey, sometimes YouTube, but the, you know how those, those <laughs> people are. Um, I won't put them on. I, I typically try to keep it off of YouTube if possible. Uh, Union of the Unwanted with Sam Tripoli and Midnight Mike from OBDM and Ricky Verandas from The Ripple Effect. You can catch that twice a month uh, wherever podcasts are available, I think. Yeah, and also sure. Day Zero, that's out as well. My website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. People can connect with me there. Um, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, the book is is available for sale there in digital format. If you donate $10 on PayPal, I'll send you digital format of the new book. If you donate $15 or more, I'll send you the new book plus the first book, The Octopus of Global Control. Digital formats only. I want to do that. Have an option for people that want to get around Amazon. But the paperbacks themselves are available on Amazon. They are the ones that print it and ship it and do all that good stuff. So you can you can catch the new book, Hypocrisy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards. That is there. The number one best-selling book I wrote with Jeff Berwick, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, is available. And also the first book, The Octopus of Global Control, all there, all on Amazon. You can follow me. You can go to the website and and find out what I'm doing there. And it's my pleasure to be on. I'm going to ask you it. one last question. Yeah, man. Do you have hope? I do have hope, actually. I'll tell you why I have hope. All right, talk to me. Because the things that they're doing, the insane things that we shake our heads at, the d- d- laps around Talladega and the Krispy Kreme donuts and all that bullshit, 
these are the signs of of the wheels coming off of the narrative. These are this is not plan A. This is plan C, plan D. This is what you do when things are not going well. So the more we push back on these people, the more we force them to get ridiculous with their dictates and the things that they say, I would like people to view that as a good sign, as a positive sign, because they wouldn't be doing these things if things were going well for them. So we're on the right track. We're having uh, a huge impact on that. We're throwing a monkey wrench into their whole um, COVID machine and what's coming with the green agenda as well. Uh, we'll, we'll need to do the same thing, but, uh, I do, I do have, I, it's, it's a crazy time. I don't love that they've put us through this, but I am of the belief that we're going to come out stronger through the, uh, after this thing is, is wrapped up and, uh, and, and we're going to remake society in the way we want it. So, yeah, Boom. lots of good things. Good things are coming our, our way, but we're going to go through some darkness to get there. I, I think, you know, Cliff High does all this data. Love Cliff. And he's like, at the end of 2022, things will start to turn. And uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to plant my flag in that because that's hope. And I'd rather have hope than no hope. He's Charlie Robinson. I love him to pieces. And it's always an honor to chop it up. I, you know, Charlie, you know, it's been real fun watching you grow your empire and all your stuff. And uh, it's, it's like you're such... I hope people realize what a great dude you are. And you, uh, you, all the positive stuff having in your life is... Uh, you, you, you deserve it. So thanks for doing the show. Guys, tickets are moving. I can't express it enough. They just added a second show to Idaho because we sold so many in the first show. And then there's literally only 20 tickets left for salt lake grab them now let's fucking do this i love you all very much thank you for tuning in have a great week and we'll see you on the next weekend thank you guys we, we, we go deep homeboy Aaron, open your mind drink from the fountain of knowledge there's lizard people everywhere that's some interdimensional shit <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.